it's time for another episode of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes. Here's your host, Terrence McCauley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes, right here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. My guest today is James D.F. Hanna. He is the Seamus award-winning author of the Henry Malone series. He lives in Louisville, Kentucky, and Because the Night is his latest novel. James, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me on, Terrence. You got it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Because the Night? So Because the Night's the the sixth novel in my Henry Malone series. Henry Malone is a uh, retired uh, retired West Virginia State Trooper. He's a recovering alcoholic, uh, was forced uh, to retire after an injury. So, you know, I say he's a, a, and uh, he uh, lost a finger in a altercation with some white supremacists in his first, in the first book. So he's kind of a grumpy nine fingered dude with a limp. So of course he's, (laughs) he's perfectly well equipped. He is perfectly well equipped to deal with, you know, crime and uh, malfeasance in in Southern West Virginia. Books all take place in Parker County, West Virginia. And in this particular book, he gets asked by a woman to look for her missing uh, fiance. She's pregnant and approaches Henry while he's in an AA meeting. Right. Uh, Now, this is also during, uh, while Henry's campaigning for sheriff of Parker County, he's campaigning uh, against the the acting sheriff, and they have a very friendly, uh, competi- not competition, but campaign going against one another. So, um, as Henry's investigating the uh, the disappearance of this this man, he finds out that the the case overlaps with a homicide that his best for that his. The only, actually, the only state trooper in West Virginia who probably still likes Henry, uh, Jackie. Okay. The homicide, the the missing person investigation overlaps with a homicide that uh, Jackie Jackie Hall is investigating. So Mm -hmm. this ends up leading to uh, Jackie's nearly nearly killed in a shooting, as Henry and Jackie are trying, you know, discover that these cases intersect. And so that puts Henry on not just trying to find this missing person, but to get revenge. So right. the, book, the book starts as, as a PI novel and it kind of becomes a revenge novel. It becomes a quest novel for Henry to find justice uh, and to catch this person who killed his friend, who almost right. killed his friend, almost killed his friend. All right, yeah, and that's uh, and it's all set in West Virginia, right? All set in uh, in the coal fields of southern West Virginia. And it's amazing how over the last, I would say, probably about the last eight, ten years or so, the popularity of, I would say, southern rural noir that started with Frank Bill and all the way, and, and maybe before him, but it really seems to have been a, a genre, a, a part of the genre that's really gotten momentum over the years, hasn't it? It it really has, and I mean, and it goes back. You can take take uh, you can take it back to Lansdale, uh, mm-hmm. down in Texas. Uh, Larry Brown out uh, out in Mississippi. Um, 
you know, you have Peter Ferris, uh, Michael Marshall Smith, you've got like these, these amazing, you know, writers. And, and so today you've got Eric Pruitt, Sean, you know, Sean Cosby, right. uh, Ashley Irwin, you've got all of these phenomenal Southern writers now who are really uh, pushing the bounds of, of what, and I hate the term grit lit, I really do. That's um, why I didn't use it, I know, yeah, and I do too. I, <laughs> Uh, but you know, I also understand why it's an easy shorthand for it because it just becomes, it becomes a shorthand for anything that could be read with an accent. And so, um, you, not you, my accent, my not yours, definitely accent, not but yours, but yours. <laughs> but yours is definitely right. <laughs> I did, I did a, uh, back during, uh, back during the plague years, uh, during COVID, <laughs> I did, I did a, uh. I did a hosted a virtual north of bar with a bunch of southern writers and I got in William Boyle. Uh, and he's from New York, but he lives mm -hmm. down in Oxford, Mississippi now. And uh, I joked that we were letting him in, we were letting him in on a contingency. He, you know. <laughs> but he was great. He was great. He was great. So but no, you do. It's 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 really easy shorthand, but there's also a, a massive validity in it, you know, and the the expansiveness of, the, of this storytelling, because it's, I think a lot of the popularity of it is, is a contrast to, you know, you have novel, you know, you got Lee Child and Brad, right. Thurman, you got those big novels that are about like, you know, nuclear detonators and stuff like that, uh, missiles, or, you know, everything hinges on, you know, like some, some world catastrophe. Right. And so much of Southern noir is really grounded. It is, mm. uh, it's so much just based around what I always like to think of as small stakes. And it's small stakes by comparison of anyone else, but it's survival for the characters involved. So, you know, I always like to say, I'm, my ideal story is something that involves, what's the worst thing you'll do for like mid four figures in a used Toyota? Right. You know, um, after, you know, if, if you'll absolutely do some, some reprehensible bullshit, then okay, awesome. You know, that's a story that's compelling. So I right. think it is, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of really talented folks, uh, coming out of this voice now. And it, it's really great to see. Right. Yeah. I've been wondering a lot about the popularity of something like Yellowstone, which is arguably a Western, but it's set in modern day. And I wonder if that has benefited from the overall appetite for stories like yours and Sean Cosby's and Eric Pruitt's, all of those, you know, the, the, the grittier Southern noir, even though it's set in Montana. I wonder if that's, if that's just an offshoot of the, the kind of work that these other authors have done first. Oh, I can definitely see, um, I could definitely see that as a response. And, and especially because Taylor Sheridan, so, mm. you know, Sheridan, uh, Hell in High Water, which is, mm. you know, he, he wrote that book, uh, wrote that movie. And that's an amazing flipping movie. But yes. that is a movie, you know, that story's grounded, that story's grounded in the idea of like, desperation and desperation. Uh, a, you know, economic desperation. That's what a lot of, a lot of the Southern, you know, this new Southern crime literature, Appalachian crime literature 
is right. really about is you know you have these states they are you know a lot of the folks in there are desperate they are in bad you know bad economies they don't have job options they don't have life choices and what ends up happening you know there's there's drugs there's poverty there's crime uh yellowstone obviously you know kind of the soap opera expansion of that hell sure. or high water hell or high water though is really taking you know what is this economic devastation that you have seen over the last couple of decades big businesses kind of messing people over and these guys really go into an extreme trying to find their own version of justice right um and i think definitely if you look at you know you look at stories you know like sean's like eric's like bobby matthews uh these guys who are all you know we're all talking about you know the effects that the people with money have on mm -hmm. the people without money and right. it's it's you know any any respectable any respectable uh southern appalachian nor writer is not writing about rich people right you know <laughs> yeah you're not going to really get anybody to to buy that kind of bug and i don't think the, the the genre lends itself to that but yeah you're right they're they're not about rich people but they are about once especially when you're talking about taylor's work they it isn't enough to have just a stereotypical character anymore and i think he started with that that trend and what i mean is you can't just have the very very bad bad guy and the very very good good guy that kind of those tropes have been blended especially in the genre that you and the others are, are in now because if you look at hell or high water for example yeah the you can see the point of view and you're kind of rooting for the robbers but then he has somebody who's a character uh like uh jeff bridges in there as the as the uh, lawman and he's equally likable too and you can see both sides and i think that's the complexity that people um tend to overlook when they're talking about grit lit which is a term i don't use for that reason <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing is i you know someone someone told me once that you have to approach uh you have to approach writing anything you know uh your, your antagonist is the protagonist of his own story mm -hmm. you know no one wants to read black and white cookie cutter narratives anymore we're all looking right. for greater senses of moral moral com uh complexity uh and and that's that's vital and certainly you know uh by by telling it you know by telling these stories on this grounded level you know where again the stakes are more relatable you know most of right. us are never most of us never have to figure out a nuclear code to disarm a bomb <laughs> a lot of us a lot of us have had a car repoed you know maybe you've you know you've lost your job you've had to go back and work fast food in order to to pay your bills you know you don't have money for uh for medicine sure you've got insurance but it doesn't cover anything and you you know you're a paycheck away from you know your account being empty from losing you know from not covering the rent right and then you you're forced into those sorts of desperate measures right and 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 that is such a compelling machine you right. know to be able to do it and and there's nowhere more that you'll see that i think uh and i say this because i've 
lived in Eastern, I've lived in Kentucky and West Virginia my entire life. You're never going to see it anywhere more than, you know, in Appalachia in the South. Right. Um, and, you know, especially in light of you, you have really interesting storytelling possibilities because the face of Appalachia in the South are changing. You mm -hmm. know, it is not just, uh, it's not just like white people telling these stories. It's not just, you know, not the homogenized Scotch Irish, you know, that that filled it up. Um, right. And so, with that, and with the changing face of uh, the people telling the stories, also, again, mm -hmm. all of that becomes more compelling. And I think you get a lot richer storytelling. I agree, and I think that's what's drawing a lot of more writers to that part of the genre because there it is just rich with possibility of narrative completely i you know i've i've i i when i wrote the first malone book back in 2014 2015 uh midnight lullaby i mm -hmm. i wrote it mostly because i wanted to prove to myself that i could write a book right and because i was really influenced by uh by that wave of PI writers in the 70s and 80s, who really revitalized the genre after, uh, you know, after, you know, and and moved it out of like the the paperbacks into the hardbacks, so to speak. And 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 you know, you're right. talking Parker, uh, Parker, Peretsky, uh, Leonard. Oh, gosh, oh, definitely Leonard. Leonard as a crime writer, Lauren Estelman, who I don't yes. think. Estelman does not get any of the the attention he 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 really deserves. Um, yeah, amen to that. You know, uh, Grafton. Uh, you know, all these writers who really brought new uh, new attention to the genre. And 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 I say this with my heart still being firmly attached into paperback PI novels because that's all I ever wanted to do was write paperback PI novels. But I wrote right. that first book to prove to myself that um i could and then mm -hmm. but then i you know i wrote it set in southern west virginia because that's where i lived and that's where i'd lived my entire life and um i didn't know how i didn't i didn't know that like southern you know rural noir was a genre when i decided to write this book right. i was just like i don't know how to write like a big city book you know uh, I, you know, I didn't know anything about LA, Los Angeles, anything like that. So, right. That was, and I wanted to, to, you know, to write about, you know, I, you know, living in, living in Charleston, West Virginia, you know, you, you saw the collapse of the coal industry. You saw the, the, the increase of crime. You saw the increase of meth. You saw the opioid epidemic. Right. All of that is so relatable. Uh, it's just, it's there in front of you every day. Right. And, and but but trying to write it and bring an empathy and a humanity to it and put a face, you know, more of a face to it. Um, right. Was was really important to me. Right. And I would imagine I, I can understand why it was. And I can understand why there might be a lot of people out there thinking, you know what, maybe I want to take my hand at writing one of those kinds of novels, but I'm not from there. You know, I think I could get the voice down, but I don't know if I could try it. And I always caution people like that. Look at Elmore Leonard. There was no greater Yankee who grew up in Detroit than Elmore Leonard. And what did he create? Out of 
a whole mixture of magic, what became justified out of fire yeah. in the hole. And and it is acclaimed by people in the North and the South alike as just a really awesome representation of what you can do if you want to write in the setting that you're not familiar with and you want to write it strong enough. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, Raylan's absolutely, Raylan is, is so many of the people I grew up with. Um, so he's, he's, you know, like so many of the folks I know uh, gets the attitude right. I think, you know, the greatest, uh, the greatest joke that they ever had on that show was uh, someone rattling a pill bottle. And they were like, right. you know what that is? What? Mating call. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, that just, that was outside of some geographical things. Like it takes longer. Where, uh, where was, where, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blank on this. I'm trying to remember where Justified was set out of. Uh, Harlan County. I'm, Harlan County. Harlan County. Which I, I'm I'm going to lose all my cred now. Um, <laughs> the I'm Bronx guy had to tell you where it was. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, they're going to they're gonna drum me out, take off my Appalachian card. Um, but I always found it funny because uh, on the show, uh, Raylan's always driving back and forth between Harlan County and Lexington. And I'm going right. to tell you, no one drives back and forth from Harlan County <laughs> to Lexington every day. That's like two hours, two and a half hours, man. Ain't no way that's happening. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that happens in Westerns a lot, too. Those, the, you know, one guy will be in one part of the territory, and then by nightfall, he's in the other one. And then at that point, the horses don't go that fast. And <laughs> they don't go that far. Yeah, it's, it takes a little bit longer than that. But, yeah, no, I mean, that's – but that aside, I mean, even the books, you know, Fire in the Hole that he oh, did yeah. and, and, and several of the others, he could – He's an example, and I know he's a rare talent, but he's an example of somebody who, even if you don't live in the area, even if you don't have a ton of experience down there, because he certainly wasn't a cowboy growing up, no. he definitely, he, if you're willing to put the work in to get the voice right and get the right story, you can set it almost anywhere, as long as you take time to have those great little details that make it authentic. Totally. And and, and as, as you were talking about with Westerns, um, you know, I mean, you know, Leonard started out writing westerns. You know, mm -hmm. the, you know, his, his whole first, the first, uh, first, what, 10, 15 years of his career was mm -hmm. was writing westerns, and so on. Is you know, most of the Raylan stuff, even the the books, uh, Pronto and Writing the Gap, I think, which are full on Raylan books. Yeah. Um, like most and, and and going to a lot of Leonard stuff. That's all westerns. It's all westerns yes. transposed to you know, to a to a modern framework. Right. Yeah. And he. Uh, yeah. You're right. Because he. There's an awful lot one can learn from that genre as well that can carry on into a lot of different places. Now, uh, before we started recording, you were saying that you were working on an awful lot of stuff. And I think the audience would be really interested in hearing about some of that if you could talk about it. Sure. So I have a story that's coming out in the January-February issue of Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine. This is my first uh, appearance in the pages, and this is uh, a big deal for me. 
It's a big um, deal in, in general. Congratulations, Pat. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like every other, you know, person within our age group who, who writes crime. Probably, you know, we all read Ellery Queen growing up. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so getting in there is a big deal. And the story's called A Tear in His Hand. And okay. uh, so it's, uh, I, I say that it's, you know, about all the things that I love, uh, crime, uh, fractured family relationships and cast iron skillets. <laughs> so, and that's uh, not the kind of story that would have appeared in Ellery Queen a few years ago. So, no, it's actually, it shows things are changing. Well, I, I'm I'm really thrilled. I'm really thrilled because I'm an old. I mean, you know, old in many ways, but I'm an uh, old pulp guy. I used to love reading. Uh, the old pulp magazines and the anthologies that reprinted, you know, mm -hmm. old Hammett, old uh, early Dash, you know, uh, Dashell Hammett and Raymond Chandler and uh, John Carroll Daly, Race Williams, uh, all the all the black mask folks, essentially, right. back in the 30s and 40s. So the story will actually appear in the Department of Black Mask. Uh, that's like a special oh. section. That's a special hard boiled section in the magazine. Right, Which, right. That that's a lot for me. That means a lot. Yeah, it does. That's huge. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I've got a, a short story that's out right now. That's a, that is a western. It's in Vulture magazine. Uh, oh, okay. Is, yeah, which is a a magazine uh, out of uh, it's pu published by Todd Robbins, um, and it's available through Watermark Watermarked Books. Uh, okay. which is uh, in Nebraska. And it's it's a Western. It's uh, uh, about a guy telling telling how he ended up uh, getting ready to uh, face the hangman in the morning. All so right. The, there's Very no good. spoiler in that. You know, it's, right. it starts off with saying, they're going to hang me in the morning. So, uh, <laughs> you know where everything you are is, in the first sentence. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just I'm, I'm just putting it all right there on the table from 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 the go. Uh, so and that's in Valtrin, uh, and I'm really proud of that story. I liked it. I I like it a lot. I've got um, a story coming up in an anthology uh, that'll be out next year. Uh, that's okay. in uh, that's based on songs, uh, based on Talking Heads, songs oh, from Talking right. Heads, and it's called Burning Down the House. Oh wow, you got that one. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh really thrilled with uh to 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 be a part of that one. And then wrote a story for uh Josh Pactor that's gonna be in an anthology. I've done a lot of these music anthologies, which was never an intention right. on my part. Uh, but I'm always <laughs> thrilled to to get to 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 do those. I'm thrilled to get to to write this stuff anyway. Um, right. but I, uh, Josh Pactor, uh, who's a really wonderful editor and, uh, edited, uh, Billy Joe, uh, Billy Joel anthology that I was in back in 2021. Uh, okay. he's got an anthology, uh, coming together of Grateful Dead, so, uh, stories based off of the, the Grateful Dead. So that'll be oh, out wow. next year. And it's called Friend of the Devil. Oh, the, okay. the anthology, the anthology is called Friend of the Devil. Uh, right. And I'm uh, my story's Shakedown Street. Shakedown Street. All right. 
Yeah, because I remember, I, you know, it's funny. I remember meeting you. Uh, we met a long time ago on online and at other places, but we really got a chance to talk at Sleuthfest where Dana King was there. And yes. you two were, were, were uh, I would say, uh, what is it called? Patter songing? Uh, some <laughs> uh, <laughs> some uh, popular lyrics that both of you knew. <laughs> so, and from Dana, different songs that it was funny. Dana is, uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to say really nice things about Dana uh, right uh -huh. now. Uh, and and so you can't hold them against me. Dana is one of my absolute favorite people uh, yeah. in the community. When I went to uh, BoucherCon Dallas 2019 was my first anything, my first uh, BoucherCon. And mm -hmm. so Dana and his wife Corky, uh, I knew them from online. Right. And so I was scared to death. Didn't know anyone, didn't know what the hell I was doing. And uh, Dana and Corky walked me through uh, just being basically starstruck every time I met someone. Right. Um, and just they were they were exceptionally kind and got me through that. They are just wonderful people who have uh, been insanely supportive and just overall awesome uh, yeah. to me through the years and I'm 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 so thankful and appreciative of them yeah for them both. yeah they're great I mean it's uh yeah you like to break his chops and all but uh, you know you, there comes a time when you got to be real and uh, those two are absolutely fantastic they've been oh. good friends to a lot of good writers over the years yeah I'm so I'm so grateful for them they uh I was as you know as I was telling you beforehand I uh I started out self-published the first my first six my first six books were all self-published right. and uh my uh my first Seamus nomination was off of a off of a self-published book and the book that won the Seamus was self-published which okay. uh I found out was apparently a big deal uh because it was the first self-published to win in just uh the paperback category up against traditionally published authors Right, yeah, it wasn't a. I wouldn't say it was a controversy, but I do remember people noting that when it people, happened. I, yeah. I, I think, and I mean, I, I, and 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 certainly no controversy in it. I mean, um, was was not implied on my end, but I think oh, people no, were, was they were surprised. They were surprised because I mean, you know, always again, you know, the caliber, the caliber of writing in those things is so good. Right, um, and and I'm not saying mine was the best. I'm just saying I've got it plaque on the year. wall. You know, right. I happened right. to get the plaque that year. And and obviously that was that was a huge deal for me. But uh, Dana was, you know, Dana publishes through Down and Out and they uh, actually I connected with Down and Out through that event and they ended up picking up uh, those Malone books. And then I had a standalone that set in that whole universe, the Malone verse right. and uh, the the newest one because the night. Uh, it came out through, through down and out earlier this year. So right, yeah, no, it's, it's it's incredible how, you know, the people that you see at these conventions and the relationships that you make how they can blossom into something much better. Which is why I always encourage people to go if they can swing it. Uh, completely, there's it's so vital, and I, I I said that you know I've I've joked that it was cruel actually. So I go to that when I went to Dallas in, in 2019 and I got to meet people. I met folks face to face. That was actually the first time I ever met Sean. I'd known him for a couple of years through social media and we got to hang out and drink way too much. And <laughs> um, 
which has been a continuing theme at these events is drinking too much. And um, so, you know, and I was so excited. I was, I was so excited for uh, 2020 and then COVID hit. And then like, mm -hmm. you couldn't see people for like two years. Right. You know, everyone, everyone only existed on a flat screen. Right. And so that's why, like, I went to, uh, went to left coast out in Albuquerque in 2022. And that was, that was great because I, it was friends. Like I had friends, I developed friendships during COVID with other mm -hmm. writers and, you know, getting to see them face to face, getting to actually talk to them you know, and hang out and, and have actual experiences, you, you, you really find out that those connections only deepen. And it's right. so beneficial. It's not just, you know, people can look at, well, it's a networking opportunity. Yeah. Or it's connecting with readers, which is really the important part. But it's also, these are the people who get the insanity of what you're doing. Right. You know, the people who are like, you know, because I always tell people, they're like, well, what is your writing process like? Well, I get up at five in the morning and I transcribe the voices in my head. Right. That is yeah. just what this is. And no one else gets that except the people who do this. Right. Yeah. People who don't do it will just think, oh, it's effective. They're just being artistic and, and flaky or whatnot. They don't really understand. That's really at its core what it is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. They don't. They really don't. But it's... It's fantastic that you've you've had such a, a lot of success over you know through COVID and it's continuing through twenty twenty three and you're heading into twenty twenty four like a goddamn freight train, which is awesome. <laughs> I hope so. You know, I'm uh I I've been you know, I tell people this. I'm I, I'm really fortunate. I really am. Mm -hmm. Um because um, you know, I I got into this game late. I was in my mid 40s, close to my mid 40s when I decided to, you know, get serious about it. I took an unconventional path. Um and I have just been so incredibly fortunate to get to to write at the, you know, to write and appear with the caliber of writers I've gotten to appear with. I mean, I'm in right. a book with Dennis Lehane. Right. I, you know, what the hell, man? How does that even happen to PWT from Eastern Kentucky? That is <laughs> yeah. just, you know, I mean, I grew, I grew up, you know, I grew up off a, off a one lane road next to a creek up in the middle of nowhere in Eastern Kentucky. And, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to, you know, get, you know, edited by Lawrence Block and to, you know, be in books with Sean, you know, Sean Cosby and Dennis Lehane and uh, just so many, so many in incredible things. And I've said that if I could, if, if I wanted to, I could stop right now and be mm -hmm. like, you know what, I'm good. This is, you know, I had a good, you know, eight, nine years run. It's all fine. Now right. I'm, but I'm entirely either too stubborn or too stupid to stop. Well, the voices in your head won't stop. So exactly, you got to exactly. keep going. The only way to get to to make them shut up is to put them on paper. 
Exactly right, my friend. Exactly right. And you also get to where you've gotten by a lot of hard work. It's not just having fun. It's about the hard work and putting in the the difficult hours of improving your craft. And uh, that's why you've got the plaque on the wall. And that's why you've got a lot happening for you in the future. Uh, what's the best way people can can follow all the great stuff you're working on? Social media, your website, stuff like that. So you can find me on Facebook, uh, Blue Sky, Threads, Instagram, whatever Elon Musk is calling his <laughs> ketamine trip. This week, Twitter, X, I don't know. You're going to find me uh, at James D.F. Hanna. And my website's uh, jamesdfhanna.com. Uh, I keep that fairly well updated. And I put out a newsletter once a month, once every couple of weeks. Uh, cool. I try to include some interviews with uh, the writers I'm reading. Uh, try to throw out some... I don't know, occasional advice, like I know what the hell I'm doing. Um, right. But you can hit me up uh, on, on any of those formats. Fantastic. Well, buddy, thank you so much for taking out of time out of your busy schedule for being here. And I appreciate it. And I know the audience does too. Thank you much for having me on, Terrence. I appreciate you, it greatly. You got it, pal. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to another edition of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes right here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. We'll see you next time, everybody. Take care. You have been listening to Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes with host Terrence McCauley on Authors on the Air Global Radio Network.